Welcome to the Gateway Church Podcast. We're so glad that you're here. We pray God speaks to you through this message and through His Word today. For more information about our church, please visit us at gatewaylife.com. Now let's tune in to this week's message. If you've got a Bible, I want you to turn to Luke chapter 15. We'll get there about halfway through the message. Uh, these two weeks, this week and next week, we're going to take uh, a little bit of a, a break from a, a series. After that, we're going to start a series that will pretty much go nearly the rest of the year called Resilient. And we're going to begin preparing for what we believe God wants to do in and through our church in 2022, we're gonna start preparing in two weeks. One of the ways you know you actually believe God wants to use you to do something significant is not how you talk about it, it's how you prepare for it. So we're gonna take three full months to get you ready to steward what God wants to do through you next year, okay? But before that, we're going to talk about one of my favorite subjects on the planet. We're going to spend two weeks talking about prayer. And the title of this weekend's message is The Perfect Time to Pray. When is the perfect time to pray? Okay, I knew you'd say that. But if I followed you around, what would I think? Your life was communicating about when the perfect time to pray is. Would it be at the dinner table? Would it be in church? Would it be before important meetings? Okay, we all know the right answer is the perfect time to pray is all the time. Okay, here's the real answer to the question that our lives are meant to embody as followers of Jesus Christ. The perfect time to pray is right now. 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 You want me to do this for the rest of the message? Now. Now. And if you look around at the landscape of things and the day in which we live, it's pretty easy to make the case that right now is the perfect time to pray. Amen. Notice I didn't title this message the perfect time to post. It's entitled the perfect time to pray. Now is not the perfect time to talk about everything that's going on. Now is the perfect time to talk to God about everything that's going on and hear his response. Psalm 61 verse 1 gives us a beautiful picture of prayer in an overwhelming time. Psalm 61 verse 1 and verse 2. Oh God, listen to my cry. Hear my prayer from the ends of the earth. I cry to you for help when my heart is overwhelmed. Okay, I want you to be honest. How many of us get a little bit overwhelmed every once in a while when we look at the news and we see everything that's going on? It just seems like every day the hits just keep on coming, right? It's a reminder. This is the perfect time to pray. 
Now, I don't often do this, but I want to do it for this message. I want to give you the most robustly complicated theological definition for the word prayer so that you can be confused. You ready? Here's the most robustly complicated theological definition for the word prayer I can give you. Prayer is conversing with God. Just let that set in for a second. The God of the universe has made it possible for you to converse with him anytime you want. Think about the last time you were in trouble. Maybe uh, husbands, uh, your wife was at uh, something with her friends and you're trying to cook something and it lights on fire and you, you pick up the phone to call someone. Or maybe you're stuck on the side of the road because your car breaks down. Think about the last time you felt you were in, seriously, in serious trouble. Who did you call? One of the things we have to remember is the first person we call in crisis is a declaration that we believe they're the person who can do the most about our problem. So here would be my second question. What percentage of the time when you feel you're in serious trouble, is God the first person you pick up the phone to talk to? My hope by the end of this little two-week message isn't just that you would see prayer differently. My hope is that you would see prayer not as a last resort, but as your best option. Psalm 55, verse 1. Open your ears, God, to my prayer. Don't pretend you don't hear me knocking. Come close and whisper your answer. Watch these next words. I really need you. At its core, prayer is a declaration from one of God's children to God that says, I really need you right now. God, I need you. Would you come close and whisper your answer to me? Prayer is conversing with God. And I'm going to give you two things in this first message. Just to kind of refresh, I know many of us know these things, but as, as I was talking to the Lord about this, this message, I said, Lord, a lot of these people know these things. And I felt like this was the response. Uh, Preston, until they do these things, you're going to keep talking about these things. I'm going to give you two things. I know for many, it might be just a refresher, but I trust the Holy Spirit will speak to you. And the goal is that the Holy Spirit would take you to a deeper place in your own prayer life with the Lord. Here's point number one. The best thing about prayer is being heard. The best thing about prayer is the God of the universe hears you. Now the goal for this first point is Micah 7 verse 7. As for me, I look to the Lord for help. I wait confidently for God to save me and my God will certainly hear me. That's the goal. 
that you are reminded that God absolutely, positively hears you every time you pray. But see, many of us, because we don't see God respond the way we want him to respond after we pray, just start to draw a connection, God must not be hearing me when I pray. Nothing could be further from the truth. God hears you every time you pray. And you must be certain about this. Because here's what will happen if you are uncertain about whether or not God hears you when you pray. You'll stop praying. You'll begin to believe, what's the point? God certainly hears. I don't know if you are aware of this, but one of the deepest human needs is being heard. And I can prove it to you. Long before you learned how to talk, you learned how to be heard. And all of the parents of infants said amen. <laughs> then babies don't know how to talk yet, but they know how to get your attention when they want something. When that diaper of yours at two months old was burning your flesh, what did you do? You did not give a soliloquy to your mother and father why your diaper needed to be changed. What did you do? You let yourself be heard. When you were craving the bottle, what did you do before you could talk? You let yourself be heard. Isn't it interesting that before humans learned language, they still knew how to be heard. Why? Because deep inside of all of us is a need to be heard. You may be married to somebody that has fits of emotional outbursts. Let me tell you why. It's not because they're bad. It's because the little boy, the little girl inside of them feels like they are struggling to be heard. And so like a two-month-old, they let it rip. Why? Something's going on and they're trying to communicate. I need to be heard right now. I feel unseen and unheard. Please see me. Please hear me. All of us have that desire. One of the ways you know you're loved is when you're heard. Isn't that what we were doing when we were babies? I mean, honestly, if I was over at your house and you have a two-month-old and your two-month-old from their bedroom starts screaming because it's time to eat, which one of us is going to be quicker to jump up and go do something about it? Don't look at me. It's going to be you. Why? Because you have a measure of love that I've not yet experienced for your child. Okay. Think as a parent. When your child is trying to be heard, how many times do you tune them out? Now go beyond your parenting abilities to the perfect parent, the God of the universe. You could never convince me that your heavenly father ever tunes your voice out because he doesn't want to hear what you have to say. 
Let's kind of theologically, though, establish a bit of a foundation so that this isn't just some thought or feeling that you have, that God hears you. Three things. First, God can hear. Isaiah 59, verse 1. Listen, the Lord's arm is not too weak to save you, nor is his ear too deaf to hear you call. God can hear. Here's the second thing. He will listen. God will listen. 2 Chronicles 7, verse 14, a very appropriate passage of Scripture for the day in which we live. If my people, God says, who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and restore their land. Now, we're going to talk more about this next week. That There are prerequisites for God to pay close attention to what I say. In other words, there are some things that I can do that get in the way of him actively listening. And we'll talk about that next week. But the point this week is God will listen. Then the third thing, he is listening. Psalm 18, verse 6. David says, I call to God. I cry to God to help me. From his palace, he hears my call. My cry brings me right into his presence. There's that picture, like the crying baby in the other room. God is a perfect daddy who runs into the room when one of his babies cries. My cry brings me right into his presence, a private audience. I remember years ago, I was with some young ministers from churches around the country, and um, most of them were from really big churches uh, several of them had grown up there, been there many years. And one of them goes, hey, let's play a game. Let's see who can come up with the most famous person's phone number in their cell phone. And so everyone's kind of going through their phone. And, and as I start to go to my phone, I, I felt the Holy Spirit convict me. Preston, don't you play this game. And I could play the game. I mean, there, there, there are a couple of Kind of impressive phone numbers in my phone. President, don't you play this game. So they start going around, then they ask me, and I just kind of make something up, and I don't even, you know, show the phone number. And while they're continuing the game, I felt the Holy Spirit say, Preston, is it impressive that you have someone's famous, someone who is famous? You have their phone number? I'm like, well, I don't know. It sounds like it is. He said, okay. And he, he just said a name, probably the most impressive name in my phone that we would all know. He goes, dial him up right now. Go ahead. Call up his number. Call him right now. I said, I'm not calling that guy right now. I felt the Holy Spirit say, why not? I said, because I don't know him. We just had a talk one time. I said, that's right. Just because you have their number doesn't mean you have intimate relationship with them. Preston, the most impressive number you have in your phone is mine. Not theirs. And you can call me any time you want. Okay, see, a lot of us think about prayer as some religious thing, not a relational thing. That the God of the universe looks in your direction and says, hey, I want to talk. I want to hear, Preston, what you're feeling. I want to hear what you have to say. Psalm 34, verse 17. The Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. Now, 
You might be thinking, well, Preston, it doesn't seem like God listens to me all that much when I talk to him. Okay, let me, let me just give you something to think about. It might be entirely possible that the reason you don't feel like God is listening all the time is because most of what you talk about is what you want. So switch it up. Don't just talk to God when you want something or need something. Talk to him just because you want to talk. Imagine in my marriage, if I approached my relationship with Holly the way most of us approach our relationship to God and prayer. Imagine if the only time I talked to Holly was when I needed something. Just picked her up from the airport this morning. She hasn't been home for a week. Can you imagine if when I picked her up from the airport, the first words out of my mouth as she goes to give me a kiss, I stop her and say, hey, the house is a complete mess. It's been me and the boys, and this is like a record what we have done to this house the last couple of days. I gotta go to work. You and the boys should probably go to work too. Can you imagine how that would go over? Can I just tell you, you may not know my wife, I wouldn't be here right now. She wanted to give me a kiss and say, I've missed you. Imagine if the first words out of my mouth were, I need something from you. Yet with God, we do that all the time. And for some reason, we don't think it's inappropriate. But in our marriages, we would never do that. Okay, why have we turned him into a genie when he is a personal, relational God? Psalm 116, verse one. I love the Lord because he hears my voice. It's a relational thing. I love the Lord because he hears my voice and my prayer for mercy. Now watch this picture. Because he bends down to listen, I will pray as long as I have breath. When was the last time that you started to converse with God, that you got the picture that he was bending over, peering over the balcony of heaven to get his ear close to your mouth just because he wanted to hear what his little girl, his little boy had to say. Every time you talk to him, that needs to be the picture you have of him. And David says, because he bends down to listen. I will pray as long as I have breath. Another way to say it. Now is the perfect time to pray because now is the time he will bend down, come near to me to hear my cry. That leads us to the second point. The most important part of prayer is hearing. The best part is being heard. It's an amazing thing that the God of the universe hears me when I talk and he wants to hear me talk. But the most important part of prayer is actually hearing, not talking. One of the biggest mistakes you can make in your prayer life is not making enough time to listen. The most important time of your prayer isn't when you're using your mouth, it's when you're using your ears. I was with a friend a couple of days ago and we were riding in the car and he asked me a question. And like typical preachers, 
I took up too many minutes to give him the answer to his question. About three minutes into me answering his question, I just felt the Holy Spirit say, stop talking and ask him a question. This is a moment, it's an opportunity. So I stopped and I asked the question. And man, I mean, he, he came alive. I'm, I'm, I'm sure he was really ecstatic to hear the answer I was giving him. But he acted some kind of way when I gave him a chance to talk. And as I listened to his heart, I felt like we got a little bit closer. Okay, how much time do you spend in your prayer time listening? Well, Preston, I don't feel like I hear God speak. Well, we're going to talk about that. But principally speaking, do you make time to listen? One of the reasons I tell you why it's so important to take notes during a sermon, no matter what church you're at, no matter who's speaking, is because you're sending a message to God. I'm here to hear you speak. And when you speak, I take it so seriously, I'm going to write it down. Okay. Who do you think he's going to be more prone to speak the most to? The person who doesn't care when he talks? Or the person who is obsessed every time he talks? The most important part of prayer is hearing, not talking. A big part of spiritual maturity and relational maturity is knowing when to stop talking. Have you ever put your foot in your mouth? Have you ever choked on your foot? One of my favorite verses for years back in the day in Dallas when I was on staff at Gateway was, even a fool is thought to be wise when silent. Why? Because every time we talk, we run the risk of putting our foot in our mouth. That's why it's actually a really good thing that we would stop ourselves from talking from time to time and simply draw near to God to hear what he desires to say. Ecclesiastes 5.1 really points this out in regards to the house of the Lord. But here's what I would say. I think this principle applies every time we go into the presence of God, not just in the house of God, but also in the secret place. Ecclesiastes 5.1, as you enter the house of God, Keep your ears open, Preston, and your mouth shut. This is not mean talk. This is a loving heads up. I wonder how many times I've been so busy talking to God when I'm in his presence that I was keeping him from saying something he wanted to say. Now, there are lots of instances of this in scripture, but I want to show you one. Luke chapter 15, if you turn there, we're going to read it together starting in verse 17. This is about halfway through the story of the prodigal son. And we're going to pick up with the prodigal who's in the pig pen, who's come to his senses and realized something's off here. This is stupid. I've blown my father's inheritance. I, I would rather be a slave in my father's house than be out here in this pig pen. So watch what he does next. Luke 15, let's read it together, starting in verse 17. When the prodigal finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have enough food to spare. And here I'm dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. Okay, so get the picture. The prodigal is crafting a speech. 
that he hopes will cause him to be received once again by his father, even though he just wasted his entire inheritance. Verse 20, so he returned home to his father. I love this part. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. How did his father see him coming? Because he'd been looking for him the entire time. Filled with love and compassion, the father ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son began the speech to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to his servant, so notice, there was more to his speech. So get the picture. The father of the prodigal says, sounds great, kid. You need to shut your mouth, because what you're saying is fine, but you need to hear what I have to say. I wonder if God ever does that with me in our quiet time. Like my, my Spanish teacher, Sierra la boca, por favor, preston. But his father said to the servants, quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf we've been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast for this son of mine was dead and now he has returned to life. He was lost, but now he's found. So the party began. When did the party begin? When the son shut his mouth and let his daddy talk. Ha! The party doesn't start until I stop talking. And my daddy has a chance to speak. And here's one of the things I've learned in my own walk with him. There's never been a time where what I had to say was better than what he had to say. This is one of the best pictures in scripture. The most important part of prayer isn't talking. It's hearing, it's listening. Isaiah 55, three, come to me, God says, with your ears wide open, listen and you will find life. Now, I want to give you three things, kind of three reasons that uh, I'll call them myths that, in my opinion, keep people from having consistent prayer time, conversational time with the Lord. Here's the first myth. Pastors are the hearers, not people like me. Preston, people like you are the hearers. You're good at hearing God. People like me aren't. Okay, this actually it was for a season the way God operated. Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 27. Listen to the way the Israelites talked to Moses. They had just seen the thunder, the lightning. They'd seen the show go down. It scared them. And listen to what they say to Moses about hearing God. They say, go, go yourself and listen to what the Lord, your, our God, says. Then come and tell us everything he tells you, and we will listen and obey. The Israelites say to Moses, Hey, that's not what we want right there. We don't want to climb up and go get a word from the Lord. So you go do it. Come back down. Tell us what to do. We will listen and obey. Unfortunately, far too many followers of Jesus Christ are still following this model. But again, I say, and I say this multiple times a year, one of the most important things that happened at the cross that day was when the veil was torn. 
and every follower of Jesus Christ, every son or daughter of the Most High God was thereby granted unfettered, unbridled access to the presence of the one true God. You don't have to come through me. I don't want you to. Let me just say it this way. The preacher works best when he is a confirming voice, not the only voice. I was never meant to be God's voice in your life. God wants to talk to you about you. It's one of his favorite things. Of course, there are times I hear on your behalf, but I don't hear for you. That's your job. God wants to talk directly to you about you. Here's the second myth. I can't hear. Okay, Preston, if, if lots of people can hear, well, I can't. I don't have the ability to hear. Now, I wish I had the time to read you the story of Samuel, one of the best stories about someone like this who says, I can't hear, but they're actually already hearing. Samuel is awakened in the middle of the night. He hears a voice. He thinks it's Eli, the high priest. So he runs into Eli's room and says, what do you want? Why'd you wake me up, in essence? After a couple of times, Eli says, that wasn't me. Obviously, that was God. Go back in and tell him you're listening. Okay, Samuel was hearing God's voice. He just didn't know it was God. And, and let me just say, if you're someone who says, I, I struggle to hear God's voice, Preston, I don't know how to hear God's voice. I, I want to lovingly push back and say, you do know how to hear God's voice and you already are. Think about what scripture is. Scripture is God's words to you, to me. Think about how, how romantically brilliant this is. It, as a father, if I knew I was about to die and I had 30 days to live, I know it's a bit of a morbid thought, but I'll tell you exactly what I would begin to do. I'd start writing, writing daily letters to each of my children and to my wife. Sorry, not to you, I don't have enough time but I would write every day a letter to them, a personalized letter to my wife and my three children so that after I'm gone, if they ever wanted to hear my voice, they could put it by their nightstand. And if Riley woke up in the middle of the night crying, wanting to hear daddy's voice, she could pick up my words, read them and receive them in her heart all over again. The Bible isn't some religious book meant to, to collect dust next to your bed. It's meant to be something you can't live without. They are your daddy's words. And if you want to hear him, open it up. He speaks every time we do. Jesus, in John chapter 10, verse 27, said it like this. My sheep, listen, your translation say, might say, hear. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. You see, I don't hear God's voice because I'm a pastor. I hear God's voice because I'm his child. And if you are his child, you are already hearing his voice. You can hear. Here's the third myth. 
And this one I kind of agree with. It's hard to hear. It's hard to hear. I wish I had more time because one of the biggest things I hear as it relates to hearing God's voice is, how do I know what's me and how do I know what's him? Because most of the time I hear it sounds like me. Well, there's a reason for that because God speaks to your heart, not to your head. So imagine it's like he's typing on your heart. Of course, the way you're going to hear it is going to sound a little bit like you because it's your heart he's speaking to. But it is hard to hear. Hearing is a learned thing. I don't know if you, you know this, but the nose and the ears continue to grow as we age. Anybody noticed that before? Here's what that means. Really good news for people like me. My nose, which is up at like a 60 degree angle for everyone to see up, as I get older, is only going to get longer like Pinocchio. I legitimately think it's one of the ways God made sure that I was always humble. Because if I ever preached a great message and I went out into the lobby, he always makes sure something is hanging out of my nose. Okay, your ears continue to grow physically. But here's the goal. Spiritually, they never stop growing. Hearing is a learned behavior, something we have to practice. And God wants to be heard. Listen to me closely, especially if you don't think that you're good at hearing God. God isn't trying to play games with you with his voice. He's not the author of confusion. He wants you to hear him. Isaiah 45 verse 18, I am the Lord, he says, and there is no other. I publicly proclaim bold promises. I do not whisper obscurities in some dark corner. God's not trying to make it hard to hear. He wants to be heard. Now, as I was praying over this first of two messages on prayer, and we're going to talk about the how next week. And for some of you, I'm going to give you a completely different way to pray than maybe you've ever prayed before. But as I was praying over this first part, this week's message, I felt like I got a picture for some of you. It was like I saw you standing in front of this wall that you were just trying to bust through. I mean, that head first just crashing into this wall and it seemed like, just from my vantage point, that you thought faithfulness and perseverance were the key to seeing this wall come down. So, I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. You know me. I'm the competitive, semi-aggressive one. So I see you crashing this wall. I'm like, that's it. The end of the message, we're going to have an aggressive prayer time. And we are going to pray those walls down like they were Jericho. Let's go, Jesus. And I don't know about you, but the Lord does this with me occasionally, where he just kind of chuckles. And it's almost like he says, oh, sweet, ignorant baby. <laughs> Preston, this isn't a wall to be torn down. It's a door to be open. And in this season of their lives, the key I created to open this particular door is a new level of prayer. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes.
we're just going to take both campuses. We're going to take some time. to converse with God. We're not going to sing in this moment. No one is. We're going to sit in his presence. We're going to listen what he has to say. We're going to talk to our Heavenly Father from the deepest place of our being. Holy Spirit, we acknowledge Right now is the perfect time to pray. And I pray for everyone who can hear the sound of my voice. That right now in this moment, they would hear your voice even more clearly than they just heard mine for the last half hour. You want to speak. You are speaking. Here we are, your children. Speak to us. Spirit of the living God, speak. Even if they've never heard you say anything before today, I pray right now in this moment. for them to hear than ever before. Holy Spirit, speak.
as though you were at a table for two at the back of a dimly lit restaurant. And you started off your time with him at the table saying, I want you to go first. If there's anything you want to say to me, you go first. Now he looks in your direction and says, I want to hear from you. If there's anything you want to tell me right now, I want you to tell me. If there's anything you want to ask me right now, I want you to ask me. Just take a few moments and either respond to what you felt you heard him say. Even if you didn't feel like you heard him say anything, that's okay. Don't beat yourself up. Stick with it. Now's your chance to tell him whatever you want to tell him. Let's spend a few moments talking to him, sharing our hearts. your time, but I want to ask you to stand. Good news is you can continue this conversation even after we're done. My challenge to you is before you fall asleep tonight, say something to him you've never said before. One of the loudest messages I believe we send to God that we want to hear him speak, we want to hear him say something we've never heard him say is we say something to him he's never heard us say. Before you fall asleep tonight, have a conversation with him you've never had before. I hope you got the picture that the God of the universe, every time you talk to him, bends down to hear you speak. I want to invite our altar ministry team to come forward and if you want to pray with somebody before you leave, 
It's one of my favorite things that we do here. If you need prayer for anything at all, got some challenges going on. Maybe you just lost a loved one. Maybe you just lost a job. Maybe you need God to come through in a particular area of your life. If you have a prayer need at all, we want to pray with you before you leave. Maybe you just want to stay here for a little bit. You want to continue your conversation with the Lord. If you see somebody sit back down, please be sensitive, not to interrupt. They're having a special moment with their God. Let me pray a blessing over you and we'll be dismissed. God, thank you for giving us the opportunity to hear the creator of the universe speak. God, I, I don't ever want to get over the fact that you are a speaking God who loves to speak personally to me and us. God, I pray that all of us would be slower to post and quicker to pray. I pray that this church would be known by you as a praying church, a church obsessed with conversing with you. A church obsessed with talking to you about everything that's going on before we talk to anybody else about how we feel about it. God, I pray over every person as they leave this place that they would sense you chasing them everywhere they go. I pray they would hear the volume of your, of your voice louder than ever before. And I pray that before they fall asleep tonight, they would hear the God of the universe say something to them they've never heard before. And Lord, I pray if there's anybody here who does not know you personally, I pray that right now would be a holy moment for them to meet you personally. But even if they choose not to, God, I pray you chase them tonight before they fall asleep. They would hear you speak. They would sense your love pouring over them. That they would feel your obsession for them. God, thank you for being so incredible. As we leave today, may we endeavor to relationally draw near to you and take our conversation with you to all new depths. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. For more information about Gateway Church, please visit us at gatewaylife.com. Have a great week.